This is the Baltimore Annapolis Psychotherapy Podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's Laura Reagan, LCSWC, with today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Baltimore Annapolis Psychotherapy Podcast. Today, I have an international guest. It's very exciting, a first for the podcast. My guest today is Agnes Wainman, who is a clinical psychologist in London, Ontario, Canada. So, Agnes, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Very excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited too. As you know, we kind of met through Facebook groups which is always surprising to me that you can meet so many wonderful other people, fellow professionals that way. I think it's really cool that we kind of work with similar populations. Um, Your website says that you work with basically women who are overwhelmed, burned out, exhausted, feel not good enough, and help them to incorporate more self-care into their lives. Is that right? That's right. That's my primary population. Um, I also have two kind of subspecialties who fall within that umbrella, um, also that of working with new moms and women struggling through infertility. Awesome. So, so much needed, and I can certainly see how those overlap. Absolutely, and I think it, it's not an accident that I fell into those subspecialties because I think there are a lot of similar themes often of not feeling good enough or not meeting usually very unrealistic expectations and women just being really, really hard on themselves, whether it's not being able to conceive, whether it's not being the type of mother they envisioned or just being the, not being the type of woman that they feel that they have to be. Yeah, so much pressure that we put on ourselves in every area of our lives. Absolutely. I mean, I kind of joke that I blame Pinterest. (gasps) Oh my gosh, yes! But I think there's all of these really unreal expectations about everything, about romantic relationships, about relationships with our friends, with our kids, and I think that those unrealistic expectations are so harmful because we're trying to achieve something that doesn't exist. Exactly. I'm really intrigued by what you said about Pinterest. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I have, I do use Pinterest and I, I usually use it for professional stuff, so I share my stuff on there. But I'm not really one to look at it too often. When I have, it's it's really like going down a rabbit hole. But everything seems so perfect on Pinterest. Yeah, and I use it professionally as well. So, I mean, I'm not trying to diss Pinterest. But yeah. I think that when we have all of these images of perfect decor and perfect meals and perfect outfits and perfect everything. And then when you kind of look around and it's like, well, you know, my life doesn't look like this. Is, is it because there's something wrong with me where we don't really 
read the maybe Pinterest disclaimers, like not all of this is going to be achievable or you know what, you don't even have to like any of this and that's okay too. And that's not, I mean, I love things like home decor. So I love Pinterest because I actually enjoy the home decor aspect, but if I never had to cook another meal in my life, I would die a happy woman. (laughs) So when I look at recipes and pins about that, I know that I'll never enjoy that. I would never actually do it, but it still kind of makes me feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I should be. Yes. All the shoulds. Yeah. And I imagine there's, it seems that there's a huge focus on Pinterest in like wedding plans, like, you know, wedding themes and things like that, which, you know, it's such a way that women are kind of comparing themselves to other women and the whole industry of the bridal industry. And then it just, you know, the next step is the parenting stuff. And it's all about like how beautiful you look on your wedding day, how perfect you look, how perfect everything is. It's like creating an image of what your love relationship is based on really more about the material consumerism. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've had clients who have often come to therapy because they're very unhappy in their relationships. And they'll talk about how even on their wedding day or before getting married, kind of realizing that maybe this wasn't the right choice for them, or they had some kind of concerns about the relationship, but the wedding was planned and it would look really bad if they backed out of it. And, you know, it was a beautiful wedding. (laughs) Yeah. So, So I think there is so much pressure that we put on ourselves, that maybe we feel others put on us, that we can't be real and vulnerable about kind of some, some of this stuff is really hard. No one teaches us how to be in relationships. No one teaches right. us how to be mothers. No one teaches us how to be friends. But, you know, if you want the perfect eyebrow, there's like a million <laughs> YouTube videos. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I I feel like um, with not just, as you said, not just to um, – put Pinterest down because it's a great resource for so many ideas. But um, the other thing that I think must be so hard for moms today, because I'm a mom of an 18 year old and a 16 year old, but the, the moms I see who have babies now or young children now, it seems like there's an expectation of, and you see this on Facebook a lot, but probably on Instagram too, anything with photos that you're putting, you know, you have your child dressed in an adorable outfit and you're doing a little picture like every month or maybe every week at first. I am one week old. I am two week old. And, you know, the other older parents are all like rolling our eyes. But I mean, it's cute, but it's also like I know how hard it is to get a newborn or any child under four years old dressed up like that all clean, you know, happy for the picture and posing them and all that. I mean, it's just, it's like a setup for failure because I know for me, those years were just like, 
you know, I felt grubby. I had, you know, spit up on me, my clothes. I might not have had a chance to take a shower, especially in the first year, you know, hair's gross. And it's like, and the baby's got like cradle cap and, you know, they have a blowout in their diaper as soon as you go to take the picture. And I mean, it's just, it's, I can't imagine having a baby now and, and feeling that I'm supposed to live up to that. It would be so difficult. Absolutely. And I think this is where one of, I think, the drawbacks of a lot of social media is, is that we get these very sterile, kind of photoshopped, filtered version <laughs> of people's lives. Yeah. Um, so, because I have seven-year-old twins. And oh, my. I often talk about, you know, the first six years of their, or six months of their lives, I wore this, like, black velour tracksuit <laughs> on an almost daily basis. My daughter had reflux, so I was constantly covered <laughs> and spit up. Yes. Every day I would look in the mirror and just be like, who is this person? <laughs> she looks terrible. She looks terrible. <laughs> like, when was the last time she showered? <laughs> You know, my husband and I were basically just trying to struggle to survive. Yeah. But then, of course, you know, I would find the 10 minutes to put my adorable baby picture, like, on Facebook. And everyone would be like, oh, your babies are so cute. And I'd be <laughs> like, yes, they are, but they are also slowly killing me. But, I, you know, I didn't put that out into the world. Right. Until I found another group of twin mom friends who I really, really credit with saving my sanity because we kind of got together and we were really genuine and authentic with each other about how hard this actually was. Yeah. You know, we were all covered and spit up. We all kind of smelled funky. You know, we <laughs> hadn't showered. We hadn't slept. And I don't know if it's because we were too tired to pretend, you know, but all the defenses were gone and we would just get together once a week and talk about, you know, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the really ugly stuff. And I think that was kind of the turning point for me. And it was very nice to actually connect with people on a very genuine and also vulnerable level. Yeah, it sounds like a safe place that must have been a lifeline. Absolutely, because, again, it wasn't the kind of sterilized, clean version of what things were like. And again, I know that you uh, really connect with Brene Brown's work, and I do as well. So I think that was pure vulnerability in action. Mm -hmm. that, that five kind of strangers met on a Facebook group and started getting together with 10 babies and really just kind of talked about, you know, the changes we had gone through. You know, some of us had done fertility treatments. Some of us had babies in the NICU. Some mm -hmm. of us had pregnancy losses. So we had, we like covered all of the not so great stuff about our experiences. And I think that really also has tied into some of the self-care stuff that I do, that genuine connection I see as a huge component of self-care. Absolutely, it is. And it can be so hard to do when you feel awful about yourself, you know, that you don't feel that anyone wants to connect with you or that no one else would understand because you feel so 
not enough. Yeah, but then the moment you find that one person who's like, hey, I feel not enough too. Right, me too. And there's something so healing and amazing about that. And I find that a lot of the clients that I work with don't have that in their lives because they feel that, A, that they kind of have to keep up a certain appearance that they have it all together. And they're very fearful of being judged and rejected. Yeah. I find that a lot of my clients who struggle with that grew up being told that, you know, well, what are other people going to think about you if you do that? And you have to think about your reputation and, or they had some kind of an experience where someone did judge them and they never want to experience that again. You know, they felt excluded and they want to make sure that they do all the right things. So that never happens. Mm -hmm. And that's an exhausting way to live. It is. It's like a, it's like a prison. Yeah, because it's never about connecting to your own needs. It's always about kind of being on alert for everyone else's needs. And, you know, absolutely in some situations that's perfectly appropriate. Like when you are a mom and have a baby, you know, tuning into their needs is kind of your gig. Right. But when you're trying to tune into then, you know, friends' needs, family members' needs, uh, bosses' needs, coworkers' needs, and you're constantly giving, 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 and thinking about other people and what other people think and think, then you very quickly fall off of your own priority list. Absolutely. I, I was wondering if you, you find it difficult to get that message out for people to understand that you can help them improve their self-care and feel better because I feel like it's so easy to put ourselves on the back burner, especially the more overwhelmed we get, the harder it becomes to even make an appointment for yourself. Absolutely. And I think that there's this feel that self-care is selfish or indulgent. And we often have kind of these very stereotypical ideals of what self-care is, like going to the spa for a day or, you know, getting a, a massage. And those things can all be parts of self-care. Yeah. But I think on a fundamental kind, we need to make a sh fundamental shift when it comes to self-care that it, it's not kind of those big things. It's also all the little things that we do throughout our day to connect with our own needs, address our own needs, and kind of connect to our little moments of joy and pleasure throughout our day that often we're not connected to because we're just on autopilot. Yes. I am like, preach. <laughs> <laughs> The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is the EMDR therapy training brainchild of Dr. Jamie Marich, a clinician and author who's on a mission to confront stigma around mental health, trauma, and dissociation. The Institute, informed by Jamie's work, teaches a somatic, expressive, 
bottom-up approach to EMDR therapy that does not treat dissociation like a dirty word. ICM empowers their students to navigate dissociation as a normal response to trauma and stress when it shows up. Dr. Jamie Marich is out and proud on various levels about her own recovery and is a strong believer in the healing capacities of EMDR therapy and helping our clients to heal from the impact of trauma. I and two of my team members have been trained by the Institute for Creative Mindfulness directly with Jamie, and I was impressed with how dissociation really was treated as just a normal aspect of trauma therapy work, which it is. Both Jamie and the consultants were matter of fact about if and when dissociation arises, it's okay, it's normal, and here's how you can help the client in that situation. The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is offering a coupon code to save 15% off any program offered by ICM. This includes their EMDR therapy basic training programs and a wide variety of their home study, advanced topics, and other CE offerings. Go to instituteforcreativemindfulness.com and use promo code 15 for listeners. There's a link in the show notes. You can copy the promo code and use the link right there in the show notes to make it easy. know that small actions can make a big difference in our lives. I know for me, I can be in a terrible mood, go out somewhere and see a stranger, make eye contact and just smile at them and find suddenly I feel good. Whether it's practicing mindfulness a few minutes each day, movement practices, small actions can have big benefits, like how taking care of your gut can support whole body health. Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. Your body is an ecosystem and great health starts in the gut. Your gut is a central hub for various pathways through the body and a healthy gut microbiome means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, our immune systems, and more. Trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com living and use code 25living to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com living, code 25living. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. That leads me to ask you about your 30-day self-care program. Can you talk about that? Because I think you might touch on some of those other ways to practice a real, to create a real practice of self-care that's different from just once in a while getting a massage or going to the spa. Absolutely. So I created the 30-day self-care challenge, which is a free program where you receive an email every day for 30 days. And 
the goal of the self-care challenge is not to overwhelm you, not to make you feel like you have yet another thing to do. It's either very, very small activities or even uh, mind sets about self-care. So one of the tips that, funny enough, seems to have gotten a lot of feedback is things like, you know, going into your home and finding either an item or a piece of artwork that you really, really loved when you first got it. Hmm. And then after a while, you just kind of get used to it and you don't even notice it anymore. So to actually reconnect with what it was about that thing that you loved. Maybe it was an amazing pillow that is really soft or just something that's visually appealing. So it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't it doesn't take a lot of time out of your day. But it's, again, a way to kind of reconnect with something that, that that item met a need at one point to reconnect to that need and to find some joy in that again. I love that. And that's such a simple but meaningful way to check back in with yourself and really connect with what you value and what kind of feeds your soul. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so, so again, the challenge is not meant to, again, overwhelm because yeah. I think that a lot of women who maybe are at risk for burnout or overwhelm tend to be high achievers kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> to begin with. So in some ways they kind of feel like if they sign up for a challenge, they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when I'm going to do this challenge by God. <laughs> so, so I wanted to be very careful in some way. I'm hoping that the challenge part of it does kind of entice women to do it. But then once they actually start, it's not to increase the stress. It's not another thing to do on their to-do list. But it's, again, very simple things to either do or, again, even just shifting mindset. So one of them is not to think of self-care as a reward because I think often we think about, well, you know, if I hit a certain goal, then I'll do something nice mm, for myself. Yeah. Versus, hey, how about you just do something nice for yourself just on a regular basis because you're awesome and you need nice things in your life or need to do nice things for yourself. Yeah, and you deserve it. Even yeah. if you don't do something to feel like you deserved it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even kind of take disconnecting the idea of like you need to do something in order to experience joy or pleasure in your life. You know, that, that it's not some sort of worthiness contest that you have to prove your worth in order to get the goods. It's like, well, just, just you being you is good enough. Yeah. And that can be really hard. It sounds easy, but it can be really hard to believe that. Absolutely. And this is one of the things I talk to everyone um, that I work with is there's moments and things that are very simple in theory, mm-hmm. but really hard to actually do. Yeah. Or there's that disconnect between what we know logically and how we feel about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, yeah, I know I'm a good person, blah, blah, blah. But when you actually, you know, what you feel about yourself is not in alignment with that. Yeah. 
And that's where it can be really easy to neglect ourselves. Yeah. But then I think it's one of the most amazing parts as a clinician and working with clients when they actually start seeing their own self-worth and their own self-value when they start kind of maybe setting boundaries with people in their life who just take and take from them. Yeah. When they start, again, really genuinely connecting with other people in their life, when they take things, take risks that feel out of their comfort zone. So as you know, both a therapist and a human being, watching that start to happen is amazing. It is. It's so beautiful. And everyone should be able to have the opportunity to experience that. But it's, you know, as we both were saying, it's so easy to just ignore what we need. And then there's always a point, though, I think at some point you get resentful and you're like, I've been doing for everyone and no one, you know, gives me anything like it's all about everyone else. You know, for a long time, you're doing it because you want to. And then you're like, what about my needs? And everyone's like, she doesn't have needs. Yeah. She's the one who takes care of everyone else. Yeah. And I find that my clients will talk about even, you know, from childhood being the person that everyone else always came to, to talk about their problems, you know, and they're the ones who are the organizers in their groups. They're the ones who plan the trips and plan the events. And then when then they become uh, partners and mothers, you know, they're the ones who are doing the majority of the household responsibilities. They're the ones making the appointments for everyone. They are juggling so many balls. And then they end up in our offices kind of when they've hit the wall. Right. The balls have been dropped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Well, I want to say that um, I signed up for the 30-day self-care challenge, and I think it's really great because I tend to be someone who, you know, and I think I do this a little bit to avoid something I'm feeling or, you know, something that makes me feel anxious that I need to do. So, you know, I go, oh, well, let me find a whole bunch of stuff to sign up for. It's like, you know, I'm going to do this now. And, but I, I did sign up for the 30 day self-care challenge. And, you know, as soon as the emails started coming, I was like, you know, Oh, hope I get a chance to read that. (laughs) And then I actually went and clicked on, you know, probably the first five that I didn't read when I first got them, (laughs) but I saw that it was, it's a visual, it's a graphic. So Mm -hmm. it's, it takes a second, but it's such a, a big shift you can make in that second of reading that and thinking about it. You know, it's not like a long, lengthy, wordy email that, you know, you have to really sit and digest. That's what I tend to do is just like, oh, I'll read that when I have time. Mm -hmm. But this is something that is digestible when you don't have time because it's, it's just small bits, small chunks. And it's, I think that's really cool. I love the way you did that. So as you mentioned, there's a small graphic and then a few little sentences from me. You can even skip my little blurb. (laughs) I don't mind. Depending on how busy you are. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I mean, it's also, you don't, you know, you don't have to do it every day. I think sometimes people think, well, if I can't get to it every day, that's okay. Those emails will always be there. Yeah. You know, just even put them into a, a self-care folder in your inbox, and then anytime, you know, you're kind of feeling a bit stressed out or it kind of comes on your radar that you haven't been doing any self-care, it's there. That's a great idea. I just thought of another thing too. You could, um, someone could like click on the graphic and save it onto their phone and then refer to it when, you know, you know, in the photos kind of thing. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So it's really meant to kind of be a starting off point to find self care that works for every person because, you know, some of, out of the 30 tips, there might be 10 that really resonate with you and the other 20 are just like, nah, that doesn't work for me. And that's okay because self-care, I think, is a very personal journey mm-hmm. and it can also shift. So there's going to be times for me where seeing friends feels so restorative and so amazing And there's going to be days where I'm just tired, I'm talked out, and I need to get into a bubble, and seeing my friends would be, like, the worst. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so, so again, but that gives you a nice way of checking in with your own needs on a day-to-day or moment-to-moment basis. That's something that works for you in one moment may not work for you tomorrow, and that's okay. Yeah, I like that point, that it's very personal, and it's very, um, it's not one size fits all, but it's very dependent upon your mood in any given moment too. So even one thing, you know, you might feel like journaling at a certain point and other times, you know, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we fall into a trap of thinking that, well, so I love to do art and then it's almost like, well, you sit down and it's not really flowing or it's not feeling good, but people kind of push themselves because, well, I should be doing this because it is self care. Yeah. But if it's not enjoyable, if it doesn't feel like it's refueling you, then there's no point in doing it. Go find something else. Yeah. Just another thing to beat yourself up about that. You're not doing it right. Or you should be enjoying it when you aren't. Yeah. So, But again, I think this is one of those easier said than done because often we can be so disconnected from our own needs. So sometimes we don't even really clue into the fact that actually I'm not really enjoying this or, um, you know, food is often something that some of my clients will talk about is that mindless eating, you know, that they think that food is something enjoyable but they'll you know go through you know a piece of cake and it's like well I didn't even really enjoy that or notice that yeah so I think it kind of ties into that idea of actually connecting to your own experience actually connecting to your own needs and doing a little bit of experimentation yeah that's a great point too about the mind mindless eating. I know that's a easy go-to habit for a lot of people. I've definitely found myself in that boat. 
So can you tell about your micro retreats? Because I know um, the 30 day challenge is one thing, but you also offer longer than a bite sized piece of information. (laughs) Yeah. So just uh, next month I'm launching my very first from burnt out to blissed out micro retreat. Mm. And it's offered here in my London, Ontario office. And it's again in the theme of not overwhelming people. It's a three hour workshop about self care and kind of going through a doing kind of a little mini assessment of how burnt out we actually are. Because I think often, you know, our clients land in our offices when they've hit the wall or they're completely burnt out versus maybe paying a little bit more attention as to what are your signs that you're starting to burn out. Maybe sleep starts to get more difficult. You're feeling a bit more irritable. Um, you're not getting pleasure out of things. Kind of, kind of things that we tend to miss as they're happening until we run into the wall and then looking back, it's like, Oh yeah, it's actually been a few months or a few years. Oh yes. So actually again, connecting to our own experience and taking stock of how we're doing and then talking about self care again in this slightly different way of talking about things like genuine connection and finding joy in our life and changing our mindset about self-care so I'm hopeful that a just taking three hours out of someone's day to focus on themselves is the first step to self-care yeah and the reason I kind of started it as a micro retreat is because you know it's kind of a small step towards self-care you know in the long run I would love to take a group of women you know to Bali for a week-long retreat yeah (laughs) let me know if you do that because I will be there (laughs) but I think again often as women we typically say well that's you know how's my family gonna survive without me for a week or that's a lot of money Mm -hmm. or can I really dedicate that amount of time and energy to myself so let's start small you know it's, uh, again, three hours. Um, the next one scheduled is on a Saturday. So really you'll be, you know, maybe missing a trip to Costco or <laughs> you know, your kid's swimming lesson. Your family can probably survive without you. And, and just easing people into the concept of taking time for themselves. The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is the EMDR therapy training brainchild of Dr. Jamie Marich, a clinician and author who's on a mission to confront stigma around mental health, trauma, and dissociation. The Institute, informed by Jamie's work, teaches a somatic, expressive, bottom-up approach to EMDR therapy that does not treat dissociation like a dirty word. ICM empowers their students to navigate dissociation as a normal response to trauma and stress when it shows up. Dr. Jamie Marich is out and proud on various levels about her own recovery and is a strong believer in the healing capacities of EMDR therapy and helping our clients to heal from the impact of trauma. I and two of my team members have been trained by the Institute for Creative Mindfulness directly with Jamie, and I was 
impressed with how dissociation really was treated as just a normal aspect of trauma therapy work, which it is. Both Jamie and the consultants were matter of fact about if and when dissociation arises, it's okay, it's normal, and here's how you can help the client in that situation. The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is offering a coupon code to save 15% off any program offered by ICM. This includes their EMDR therapy basic training programs and a wide variety of their home study, advanced topics, and other CE offerings. Go to instituteforcreativemindfulness.com and use promo code 15 for listeners. There's a link in the show notes. You can copy the promo code and use the link right there in the show notes to make it easy. Are you going through menopause or perimenopause? It can be a struggle to find comfort in your body with night sweats, hot flashes, and so many other uncomfortable symptoms. Hormone Harmony is a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, created by Happy Mammoth. They are dedicated to making women's lives easier using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout women's lives. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CHAT at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code CHAT for 15% off today. The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is the EMDR therapy training brainchild of Dr. Jamie Marich, a clinician and author who's on a mission to confront stigma around mental health, trauma, and dissociation. The Institute, informed by Jamie's work, teaches a somatic, expressive, bottom-up approach to EMDR therapy that does not treat dissociation like a dirty word. ICM empowers their students to navigate dissociation as a normal response to trauma and stress when it shows up. Dr. Jamie Marich is out and proud on various levels about her own recovery and is a strong believer in the healing capacities of EMDR therapy and helping our clients to heal from the impact of trauma. I and two of my team members have been trained by the Institute for Creative Mindfulness directly with Jamie, and I was impressed with how dissociation really was treated as just a normal aspect of trauma therapy work, which it is. Both Jamie and the consultants were matter of fact about if and when dissociation arises, it's okay, it's normal, and here's how you can help the client in that situation. The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is offering a coupon code to save 15% off any program offered by ICM. This includes their EMDR therapy basic training programs and a wide variety of their home study, advanced topics, and other CE offerings. Go to instituteforcreativemindfulness.com and use promo code 15 for listeners. There's a link in the show notes. You can copy the promo code and use the link right there in the show notes to make it easy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. That makes so much sense because, you know, a all-day thing, can be overwhelming, like, oh, well, I can't really get away for a whole day. Um, Certainly a week in Bali seems, you know, that feels indulgent, but it feels, it's, to me, it sounds amazing. But I, you know, well, I guess we're talking internationally here, so you tell me what you think, but I feel like our culture here in the U.S. does not encourage that kind of lavish nourishment of our own needs and, and nurturing of what we need. It, it encourages women to nurture other people, mm-hmm. but not ourselves. Yeah. So, so I think in Canada, we're a little bit more generous in terms of things like vacation time and definitely maternity leave because here uh, new moms get a year off of paid leave after having babies. So What? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, Right there, and it's so different. (laughs) I know we're only an hour away from the border here, but um, so so there is at least, I think, recognition in terms of that first year of bonding with your baby is very important, and it it does, again, definitely not an expert in how all that works, but at least um, through the federal government, women get up to 55% of their salary up to a certain um, uh, level of salary and then often other companies will top up so wow. so, so, we, so there's some at least acknowledgement there that that first year with baby is very important and for mom as well yeah but I, I think we're also still behind Europeans in terms of their vacation time and how seriously they take rejuvenation <laughs> yeah. We need to, here in North America, we need to get on board with that. Yeah, because again, we have all of these studies that show, you know, that working more does not increase productivity. Right. You know, that depression and anxiety is one of the main causes of lost work time and work productivity. So if we're not supporting people, but yet expecting them to achieve and produce, that's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Really. You can, you can try to force them all you want, but it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So again, I think that's also where I think a lot of the vulnerability work comes in is when we each start talking about like, yeah, as a professional, I sometimes get burnt out too and need to take a week off right. to rejuvenate. And, that, and that's not a bad thing. And I love the idea of also modeling that to our client that, hey, like, look, I'm taking a week off. And, Ooh, I'm even taking two weeks off. Mm-hmm. And it's also important and okay for you to do that too. Right. And hopefully before you get burned out, it's a burnout prevention. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I talk a lot on my website about the coping tank. So we need to be constantly refueling our coping tank through things like self-care, you know, because we're constantly draining through our tank, you know, from the day-to-day stressors, whether it's, you know, a commute or the stress of work. 
do we need to replenish our coping tank? But often we don't. And then, you know, we're running on fumes or more often than not, your coping tank is just this like pitiful, rusted out Mm -hmm. thing that you're kind of dragging behind you, (laughs) you know, and you throw some wine and cookies down there every so often and hope to make it another day. Yeah. You're like, it's, um, the rust holes are covered over with like chewing gum, (laughs) (laughs) barely keeping it together. Yeah. So this is not good. No, not a good state of affairs. (laughs) Not at all. No. And, but so relatable. And I know a lot of the listeners to this podcast are therapists. So we are not immune to this, not at all. And that's um, one of the things that I think is so important as we tell our clients about self-care, we have to be practicing it too. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as therapists, you know, we're so in tune with other people's needs and what they need from us from session to session. And that translates into kind of how we are with our partners and how we are with our kids. And so we're at very high risk for burnout. So we need to be on top of that and very aware and know what our cues are. And and again, know what our self-care plans are. Because when we're burnt out, we're no good to anyone. Yep. And we can do a lot of harm. Absolutely. Okay. So I know we're getting a little short on time. I want to give you a chance to talk about, if you have enough time to talk about Mm -hmm. your book for a sec. Yes. I was like, what? So, yes, my book does not exist. Your upcoming book. Um, So I'm working on a book. Um, Also, the working title is From Burnt Out to Blissed Out. And this is just kind of a theme in my life. Mm. And when I talk about being blissed out, I don't mean like I'm happy all the time, that I'm like, you know, kind of skipping through meadows. (laughs) Because that would be both unsustainable and supremely annoying. (laughs) It's just that I do work really hard to connect to those moments in my life where it's like, yes, I feel really good in this moment. And so right now, this book that I'm working on is my own personal journey. So I talk a little bit about, again, being the mom of twins and um, we had some kind of difficulties with fertility ourselves and then twin pregnancy and then then kind of came early and I was doing all of this while still doing my own PhD in clinical psychology because I thought having a baby during grad school was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Or two. My, <laughs> my, my plan was to work on my dissertation while the baby slept. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that, that did not go so well. Um, <laughs> And so by the time that my babies were a few months old, I, I was burnt out. I yeah. was, I had never been diagnosed uh, with postpartum depression or anxiety, mostly because no one asked, um, mm. but I just know that I wasn't doing well. And then it is kind of talking about my own journey and incorporating some of these um, things that now are kind of some of the foundations for the self-care 30-day challenge and also kind of how I try to live my life with, with that idea of connection and authenticity and finding joy and being vulnerable. Because again, I think also 
as therapists, often we're trained in a way where, you know, don't self-disclose, yep. never talk about yourself, be that blank slate. And absolutely, you know, I think session to session, it is all about your client. Um, so I'm not telling people kind of about all of the skeletons in my closet. But at the same time, I think putting bits of your story and yourself out there makes you feel more like a human being. And I know clients that read my blog where I've talked a little bit about some of that, some of my experiences, they feel that they connect to me more. They feel that I will be able to help them. And, you know, I think sometimes we get really nervous or scared that people are going to want to know more about us or Mm -hmm. ask us personal questions. And I've yet to ever have that happen. I think our clients are incredibly respectful and, you know, are also there because they want to talk about themselves and kind of what they're going through. Yeah, they're expecting you to have professional boundaries and you do. Yeah, but I think putting some of our own humanness out there is not a bad thing either. Right. We can't just sit there and pretend to be a robot. We're not fooling anyone. No. No. (laughs) And so... So again, I think it also goes back to that idea of unrealistic expectations. You know, we all know kind of therapists who work with couples who still may end up getting divorced or kind of child therapists who have struggles with their own kids. And and again, that's part of being human and part of that whole idea of, you know, simple in theory, sometimes not so simple in practicality. Um, so, so again, in terms of the book, I have found for myself, it's helped. It, it's been quite therapeutic to write it myself, but I think I'm also hoping that it'll become, you know, this foundation from the idea of, again, how to get from burnt out to blissed out in a very realistic way. Because, again, I'm not always happy and thrilled and all that. I'm just a human being. I have my moments of frustration and sadness and upset. But I can also connect to those moments where it's like, you know what? The sun is streaming through my window right now and it feels pretty great. I love that. I think your book's going to be wonderful and I appreciate you sharing about it. I know I'll be really interested in reading it when it comes out. And I'm sure many people who are listening feel the same way. Thank you so much. This this will give me, you know, that little kick in the rear to get going on it. <laughs> now you told people that you are I, doing this. <laughs> yes. Well, I know that we are short on time, so I want to give you a chance to tell everyone where they can find out more about you from your website. Okay. So my website is www.londonps.ca. Um, Or you can look up my practice, which is London Psychological Services. And if they want to sign up for the 30-day self-care challenge, it's right there on the home page. They just have to put in your email address and you'll start getting a self-care tip every day for the next 30 days. Awesome. And I can attest how lovely that challenge is. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I'm, I'm really... I enjoyed it very much. Oh, thank you so much, Laura. It's been fun for me as well. Thank you for listening to the Baltimore Annapolis Psychotherapy Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more, visit Laura's website, www. 
Laura Reagan, lcswc.com.